Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about major international events and the impact on real estate from those events. Many major cities have sought to host events like the Olympics, the World Expo, the World Cup of Soccer, the Pan Am Games, the Commonwealth Games, and so on. Each of these events brings with it the need to build the appropriate event space, the accommodations for the visitors during the events themselves, and of course, a tremendous amount of infrastructure. On today's show, we're looking at the legacy of major events a decade after an event is over. Virtually every city that has hosted the Olympics has experienced significant cost overruns, leaving that city with a debt burden for years after the last guest has gone home. The Montreal Olympics in 1976 had an initial budget of $300 million. When the final bill was tallied, the total cost had ballooned to $1.5 billion. That's in 1976 dollars. That's a lot of money. Even then, the stadium was not complete. It took another 30 years after the event was over for the stadium to be paid off and for the stadium's retractable roof to be installed. The stadium was the home of the Major League Baseball team, the Montreal Expos. But now that city has lost its National League franchise and the stadium is largely used just for concerts and various conventions. At 56,000 seating capacity, it's not being effectively utilized. And a few days ago, the city announced a new $870 million roof replacement for the stadium. Now, if you look at the modern Olympic era, the only city to turn a profit from the Olympics was Los Angeles in the 1984 Summer Games. They turned a profit of $215 million. Many Olympic efforts all over the world seem to have been plagued by corruption scandals. That was true in Montreal, in Rio, in Tokyo, in Athens, and many others. Perhaps the greatest lasting legacy for many cities that host these events is on the infrastructure. For example, when Vancouver hosted the 2010 Olympics, the highway between Vancouver and Whistler was upgraded from a winding two-lane road to a faster and safer four-lane divided highway. Rio has an upgraded transit system and a new waterfront park. But at $13 billion, the project was well over budget. Rio's Olympics lost a record $2 billion, and the famed Maracana soccer stadium now sits empty. The power was shut off after they failed to pay a nearly $1 million electricity bill. The London Olympic site has developed into a more vibrant community in London's East End. Prior to the Games, it was a contaminated industrial site. The Athens Olympics were supposed to transform the city. The cash-strapped country budgeted $11 billion for the Games in 2004 and spent nearly double that amount. The entire project was marred by inept management. Three years after they were awarded the Games, the city had done virtually nothing to start preparations. The International Olympic Committee threatened to withdraw the award, so the city and the nation hunkered down to get the construction done, and even in the weeks leading up to the Games, construction was still underway with three shifts running around the clock, and today those venues sit largely abandoned and overgrown with weeds. These projects have a well-earned reputation of being white elephants, often leaving little positive legacy to the host cities. But this is a real estate podcast, and why are we talking about this? If you own real estate in the shadow of one of these projects, or if you're evaluating an investment near one of these projects, you need to ask the question, is this a plus or a minus? One of the benefits of being close to that kind of a stadium is the potential for really good transit service. But if the aggregate demand isn't there, frequency of service might be below what you're expecting. Nobody likes to live in an urban wasteland or an urban desert. The fact is, these areas are largely deserted on a day-to-day basis. 
interrupted by brief periods of massive disruption when thousands of people descend for events that use these legacy venues. Neither extreme creates a desirable living environment. To be clear, some developers have successfully built projects in the shadow of these venues. From our analysis, when we evaluate these locations against our criteria, they don't measure up. Our company's vision is to build communities that people feel compelled to call home. And the fact is, even if the Olympic Athletes Village gets converted to apartments, these apartments often become low-income housing. The sense of communities missing and the projects often become orphaned. But it's not just the Olympics or Expo. We see the same phenomenon with major sporting venues. For example, if you go to Arlington, Texas, near the Dallas Cowboys Stadium or the Texas Ranger Stadium, you see the same thing. People don't want to live next to a major sporting venue. The extremes make the area an undesirable place to live. Stadiums sometimes become functionally obsolete. Tastes change and the old stadium can't accommodate the new luxury boxes that the current sports franchises demand. It's too hard to retrofit those improvements into the existing stadium, so a new one gets built and the old carcass lies abandoned, creating an urban wasteland until that site gets redeveloped maybe decades later. So if you're considering projects in the shadow of a major event venue, my personal advice is to look further afield, unless you're truly prepared to undertake a major redevelopment of the entire area. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. 